I've been getting in my steps, lifting weights, and now I'm trying really hard to get as much protein as I can. That's why I'm excited about trying Clean Simple Eats because they're just that, clean and simple. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no seed oils or artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested and non-GMO and gluten-free. They've got 26 delicious all-natural flavors. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They've got Simply Vanilla and other unique flavors like cookies and cream, caramel toffee, and even cinnamon roll. I have a feeling my entire family may just like Clean Simple Eats protein powder, and they're probably going to use it every day because it's so easy to put into your milk or a recipe my daughter loves to bake or in a smoothie, which my son loves to drink almost every day. You can It's amazing really in any form. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code ASKLISA20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com with the code ASKLISA20 for 20% off your first order. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Rena Nainen, and this is Ask Lisa, the Psychology of Parenting podcast. It's a podcast to help parents better understand their kids. Dr. Lisa Demore, a psychologist with three decades of experience and the author of three New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. Both of us are moms ourselves, and we're eager to hear from you. So send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And join our community by following us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Ask Lisa Podcast. Encore episode 130, Should I Kick My Kid Off TikTok? When should parents limit or even forbid the use of TikTok? Dr. Lisa and I take a deep dive into the ups and downs of social media and how the norms that kids encounter in online environments can influence real-world behavior. The conversation sheds light on the algorithms that drive social media, what parents need to look out for, and when is it time to worry, and what should parents do? We hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, I, I need to be doing more with TikTok, but I can't bring myself to do it. Why? <laughs> Me neither, Rena. Rena, because I'm 52. I, <laughs> I just cannot. I am like, Rena. Like, I love what we do on Insta and other platforms, but I don't know. For me, TikTok feels like a bridge too far. But I will tell you, as a content creator and a journalist, I know that is where a younger generation is living. I mean, that is what the equivalent of television was for us growing up. It feels like what TikTok is today. Absolutely. But, oh. It's a lot. <laughs> you know, we get a lot of letters about technology and gaming and social media. And um, this one was about TikTok, and we thought we'd take this up today. It says, Dear Dr. Lisa and Rena, I'd love to hear Lisa's advice on how to handle tween young teens and TikTok. It's hard to get them off it. And from what I can see, it's basically random videos, which are mostly pretty useless, in my humble opinion. I find kids watching this for extended periods of time, laughing at videos that I honestly don't even find funny. Any advice on how to manage this? Thanks so much in advance. So Lisa, are you seeing this in your practice? Is this TikTok of vacation of teenage life really a problem? 
Yeah, they love it, right? And they, and like what this parent describes, like I really resonated to a lot of it. Like one that they can spend hours on it. The other, and I don't know if you've had this experience, Rena. Like I don't get what's funny. Like, and I, I like I like funny things, and I even like adole- I like adolescent humor a lot. You've got a great sense of humor. <laughs> but I I have like when my kids will show me stuff or. I had a colleague who's, she's like, my son blew up on TikTok and she showed me and I said to her, I don't get it. She's like, I don't get it either. Like, it's a different discourse around comedy. It's a different understanding of funny. Like, have you had that experience of like, you're like, I don't, I don't see it. I just don't get why people are so into it, like fascinated, like fascinated by it. And then you realize how you've lost all this time, right? I mean, do do you think these videos are really useless? Well... It's actually very, there's a lot of ways you could take that. Okay, so I'll give you the answer where I say no. Okay. They're not useless. Um, so even though I don't get it, and I think, and I just want to rest for a minute on the not getting it, I really try as much as anything to be anthropological about kids as opposed to judgment psychology, you it's know, true. cranky you about it. So true about that. Yep. Well, I do like just to observe. And so I, I'm always interested in those things where I'm like, I don't get it, right? And so I don't get often, like this writer doesn't really get like why these kids find this stuff so engaging. But I try not to go to it in a critical place of like, well, it's dumb and so then, you know, they shouldn't do it. Like I, I try to stay away just like, okay, there's a lot I don't understand. So I just want to leave that there. But in terms of is there value, right? Is there value even in this like random weird stuff that doesn't seem funny to us? There can be value because distraction and being distracted by things that are enthralling and harmless can actually help us get through our day, right? That we're using distraction all the time when we're frustrated. Like I'll go internet mm-hmm. shopping when I'm yeah. frustrated and then I'll go back to my work. So I wouldn't say they're useless if a kid like has like the worst day ever, is completely grumpy, has a bunch of homework to do. And the kid's like, all right, give me 20 minutes to just look at like mindless, <laughs> you know, yeah. and that goofy be garbage. Thing. Yeah. If they can then turn around and do their homework, like it was useful. Um, so I'm not going to say it's entirely useless. When is it a problem? When should a parent mm-hmm. be worried? Okay. So there's two levels at which parents should be worried about TikTok or really any social media or really any digital environment. So one is just time consumption. Like it's what you're describing, right? So if the kid's like, no, 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 I've had the worst day ever. I need like 10 minutes on TikTok. And then, you know, Three hours later, <laughs> they are, you yeah. know, they haven't yeah. done any of the work. They, they've also been sitting on their, you know, duff for three hours when they could have been out being active. Like, that's a problem. Like, we don't want digital technology in any form to interfere with the things that we're supposed to be doing. So that's one version of a problem. The other version of a problem has to do with what the kid's looking at in those environments. And Rena, you said something about you know, kids will start and they'll just like keep watching, keep watching, keep watching, keep Mm -hmm. watching. And what you're describing there, which really deserves to be fully laid out, is you're describing the algorithms at work. So, you know, and I know, but I don't think I really appreciated this until more recently, that when any of us engage with digital technology and especially social media platforms of any kind, huge amounts of data are being recorded as we do that, right? Like way more than I think we appreciate. So these platforms are picking up, you know, what we look at, what we click on, what we actually 
spend time, like if we just hover over it for a while, um, what we like, what we send to people, and then of course, things like what we search for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so these data platforms, these di- social media platforms are constantly using us as lab rats in an experiment of like, how long do you watch if I show you this? How long do you watch if I show you that? How long do you, and, and I can see it in my own Instagram feed. Like, you know, when I've, I love watching dance videos. And so suddenly the Instagram algorithm has figured out, I will spend time on those. Now I'm getting tons and tons of those. Mm-hmm. And so that experience you describe of like kids sort of like getting pulled in and staying much longer, that's not the kid. That is the algorithm working exactly as it should, which is you like this, you're going to really like that. And if you really like that, we're going to show you this thing that you're going to really like. So the algorithms are doing that and kids need to know. And we've talked about that. Like we need to explain to kids that this is how this works. And you said in an earlier podcast when we talked about vaping, that one of the things that really gets through to teens is explaining how they are being manipulated. And in this instance, by talking about the algorithm, sort of explains to them why this can get to be addictive because they're figuring out what it is you spend time on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would not pull my punches on this. I mean, I would really be clear. And people, um, the the documentary, The Social Dilemma, does mm-hmm. a really good job of showing this in a documentary form about how these data are collected and how it shapes the experience we have. And that the entire end game, the sole end game is for these platforms to make as much money as possible off of advertising by keeping us attentive and then shaping the advertising that's presented to us so that we will buy things. The more you can explain that to kids, it doesn't mean that they're going to be like, then throw away my phone. I never want to look at social media, but you Mm -hmm. want them to know that this is how this operates. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about after the other side of this break, Lisa, it feels like there is a disconnect with parents for sort of kind of understanding TikTok and why kids are so into it. And I also want to ask you about when you really should worry that too much is just too much. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ask Lisa, the psychology of parenting. Earth Breeze Eco Sheets look just like a dryer sheet, but instead of being a dryer sheet, they're in fact an ultra concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It's really the best of all worlds. EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and to your skin. Personally, I get a huge kick out of using EarthBreeze. I love the fact that it takes up less space, is better for the environment, and yet it leaves my clothes smelling so good and it gets them so clean. Here's the bottom line. Making a positive impact in the world doesn't have to come at a cost to you. My clothes are clean, they smell great, and I feel like I actually did something good, not just for my laundry, but also for the earth. Right now, my listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. That's earthbreeze.com slash asklisa to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription. earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. I'm all for healthy habits, but I don't trust quick fixes. This is why I love Daily Harvest. They take all of the work out of eating well, and all I have to do is enjoy. Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me to eat in the nutritious and delicious ways that I like. They take the planning, the prep, the cleanup out of cooking, and they deliver meals that are packed with vegetables and fruits straight to my door. The other thing I love about them is that it's not the same old boring meals. 
I love their dragon fruit and lime smoothie. I also love their butternut squash and rosemary soup. They also have this wonderful herbed squash and asparagus risotto. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash asklisa to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash asklisa for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash asklisa. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table for settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. Just think of all that cash back you can get on those groceries. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today, so the future you will thank you for it. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cash back credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cash back? A getaway with the kids? A spa day for yourself? Whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cash back credit card. And don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Welcome back to Ask Elisa, the Psychology of Parenting. We're talking about TikTok and a parent writes in concerned uh, that their child might be on it a little bit too much. You know, it's interesting when this parent talks about TikTok. I can't get over the fact, I think a lot of parents feel this way. It's like, why are they watching all this content? It's not even funny, but they're mesmerized. You know, it reminds me of like the toddler phases when they watch like the kitty videos on television. You're like, again, we're going to listen to that baby shark song again. I know. It's really enthralling. And, you know, it's designed to be that way. But the other thing that's going on is there's also a peer transaction in this, right? That kids are watching with their friends or they're talking with their friends about what they're watching, right? That I don't know that as adults, what we're consuming on social media is shaping our peer interactions very much, right? I mean, I'm like just looking at a lot of like dance videos, <laughs> you know, like, but I'm not talking about it with my friends, right? Like that's just yeah. sort of my own private experience. Whereas for kids, there's a lot more of shared and transactional and, and imitating and knowing and, and, you know, working in a shared environment around what they are looking at online. So that can be very compelling that the algorithm is one form of um, kind of magnetic attraction to this, but then also wanting to be watching what all one's friends are watching and share in that experience is another form of magnetic attraction that kids have to this. That's so interesting because yeah. you're saying it's not just consuming the video. Like I'm getting a lot of home organization on Instagram and salads in a jar, <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you know, and I love it. And, but it consumes, you know, but I'm yeah. not really necessarily talking to my friends about it, but you're saying there's a social component to this because I assume people watch the video and then talk about it. Yeah. Or they, you know, doing the dances at recess or, you know, I mean, those kinds of things. Yes. And and I think that sometimes kids will make the argument, like, this is why I need TikTok, is that I am feeling isolated socially because everybody's aware of things that I am not aware of, and then I feel like I'm kind of in the dark about it. And, you know, I, I'm not convinced that's a great reason to give your kid TikTok. I think um, you can give your kid a lot of social support through a phone that can text, you know, before you give them TikTok. Um, but that's a pretty powerful component. But, I mean, it, 
just to kind of keep playing this out about where things can really go wrong, like really wrong. So you're getting salads in a jar and home organization. Home organization. Yeah. Like organizing your fridge and your pantry and your closets. Because clearly you have spent time looking at things like that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Priorities. I'm getting adorable kids dancing quite a bit um, because I seem to really like watching adorable kids dancing. So I'm getting a lot of videos along those lines. What kids use as a language to describe this is they talk about the different sides of um, platforms that you can end up on. And TikTok especially, they'll say like, oh, well, there's different sides of TikTok. So this and what they're describing is that what the algorithm is currently flooding a particular kid's feed with. Mm-hmm. So in this letter, it is very clear to me that her daughter is on the goofy, kind of weird humor side of TikTok, right? Like it's kind of random and funny, but not funny to adults. But that's yeah. the side she's on. There is also the gay books side of TikTok. There is also the Sports side of TikTok, yeah. right? Sports yeah, highlight side of TikToks, right? There are also really dark sides of TikTok. There is mm-hmm. the white supremacy side of TikTok, right? There is the how to lose a whole lot of weight really fast side of TikTok. And the hard thing is I don't know that they are watching this, right? Like even with Snapchat, like it happens and I can't go back and, and necessarily see what do they look at all day today, Right. I don't think you can, but what you can do for TikTok is you go to the kids for you page. Mm. And that is really like, that will tell you what side of TikTok they're on because TikTok is like, these are for you. So what Ah. parents should feel comfortable doing is knowing, I want parents to know, especially with younger teenagers, what's on your kids for you page. Because if your kid is on the goofy dance side of TikTok, you can probably rest easy at night, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or whatever. sports clips or sports yeah. clips or whatever. If your kid's on the white supremacy side of TikTok, like you need to know that, right? So that's that's really important. And and Rena, the thing, I sort of gestured at this, right? I brought it up in a parenting to go about video games and how much mm-hmm. is too much. But the thing I think about now all the time in raising kids is the question of the norms in the environments where they are hanging out. Yes. Right, that that like norms shape behavior. Totally, yeah. So when you're saying norms, like the fact that what is their environment day in and day out, and what does that sort of validate day in and day out? Absolutely, and norms shape behavior. Like we know that. So the way we saw this go so horribly wrong in the pandemic was kids had a ton of time on their hands. They were looking at a lot of social media. And so then kids, especially some kids who were hard driving and anxious, but it could be any variety of kids, decided they would get in shape, right? They would use the pandemic to like transform their bodies. And so they started searching on TikTok and also other platforms for fitness, weight loss, whatever. And what we saw was their feeds became flooded with diet, diet culture, before and after photos. Okay, so those are scary enough. Then you think, okay, now the kid is spending four and five hours a day looking at these things. Becoming extremely thin has now become totally normed for them. Mm -hmm. They are looking at skinny or ultra fit bodies all day. This is not something that's happening over there that is part of a broader view of, you know, 100 kids who have like bodies that are of all shapes and sizes. They're 
understanding of what bodies look like or are supposed to look like is now being distorted into a norm driven by an algorithm that has not got your kids' best interests at heart. Yeah. So that's what we want to watch. That's something that's like a red flag to you that you absolutely need to keep in mind. It's a huge red flag. And so what I would say as parents are evaluating the question of like screen time, social media, right, which are the questions that we are constantly evaluating as parents. I don't know that the idea of screen time is a particularly helpful one because like screens can deliver everything, right? Like I do all my work on screens and then we watch fun documentaries on screens. I would have among the ways that parents are evaluating their kids' use of technology, one should be, is it getting in the way of other aspects of their life? But then right next to that should be, what are the norms in the digital environments where my kid is hanging out? Like Mm -hmm. that's the answer I want parents to have at their fingertips. So with that in mind, Lisa, when should you really be worried as a parent? I think you should really be worried as a parent. And I don't, you know, I don't traffic and worry that often. If your kid is hanging out in digital environments where you're like, we do not agree with those norms or those norms are destructive. So can you give me an example? So I'll give you an example. So um, obviously if your kid is spending time in on the dark side of TikTok and that is, you know, and, and like kids can spend time, time, right? So then that becomes a norm that will start to shape the kid's behavior. No question. Um, Another example, if we go back to video games, right? Um, There's video games and there's video games, right? So there are mostly boys who are playing tons and tons of NBA All-Star video games with their friends where they are like goofing around, having a good time. It's playful. It's competitive. They're funny. They're spending a lot of time on it. But the norm in that environment the parent may be like, that's fine. Like that fits beautifully with like, that's just how we roll. Like we're good with that. There are also kids who are playing hours and hours of video games where they're like, and discord can be a platform where this happens where mm-hmm. the norm in that environment is like kids are dropping the N word every five words. I see. Mm-hmm. And so this becomes, and your kid is then spending hours there around that type of behavior, around yeah. that type of behavior. And so that is becoming normed. And so I think that, what we don't, what I haven't seen a satisfying exploration of, and maybe this podcast episode is the beginning, <laughs> is the way in which the norms that kids can pick up in a digital environment can then seep into their daily life, shape eating disordered behavior, shape their view of marginalized communities, shape you know any variety of things. That's where I get the most anxious about digital technology and social media, separate from the question of like, it gets in the way of kids sleep and they should be doing mm-hmm. other stuff, but mm-hmm. it's that norming. And mm-hmm. and I, I think we, if you spend a lot of time somewhere, those become the norms. That is so interesting. And that puts it into perspective about when you really should be worried, when it changes that sort of dynamic, because they think that this is normal. This is what normal behavior looks like and, and what I should be doing. Absolutely. Let's say if you're a parent and you are worried, Mm -hmm. what should you do? So I think we want to hit this from two sides. You know, so first of all, as a general rule, limit your kids' ability to spend hours and hours in any digital environment. Like, I just think like, it doesn't matter if they're doing like, Mm -hmm. yay, fun, happy, fun stuff, looking at sports clips, whatever. 
like at some level, kids just need a lot more variety. So you want to just clamp this down just from how many how many hours can they spend in any digital environment where they're exposed to norms in that environment. And then second, I would be very, very hawkish, very aware of the norms where my kid is hanging out and keep a close eye on them. And I would talk with kids about it. I would talk very clearly with them and say, and say look, I'm not saying you can't have social media. I am saying, if you're going to spend this kind of time on it, I need to know the norms in that environment because our values matter and we need to know we're not going to put you in any environment where the values are totally different from our values. That includes whatever you're doing on that little screen that you hold in your hand. Like that's an environment where you're spending time. And if the values on there are offensive to us or antithetical to how we operate as a family, we're going to have an issue with that because you are spending time there. That's great advice. Um, And What do you find really works when you talk to your kid about this and you're worried that gets them to kind of understand, okay, this might be a problem for me? Because often they don't feel, they just feel like it's their parents being unreasonable. I think that's really true. I think this is a really good moment where we remember that all kids have two sides. They have the don't get between me and my TikTok side. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they have the broad-minded, growth-oriented, philosophical, wise and decent side. And the side that you speak to is the side that shows up for the conversation. So you can say to them, all right, we are good with you watching goofy dance videos on TikTok because we get it that you need a happy distraction and it seems harmless to us. Allow us to be clear that TikTok is designed to see where else they can get you to go and what rabbit holes it can pull you down. And if you find that you are being exposed to content that you know does not fit with our family values, and you can lay it out, right? It is racist, it is sexist, it is homophobic. Like You can just say, like, these are the things we do not believe. Let us know. We want to know how that happened. And more than anything, we don't want you spending time around that content because the more time you spend around it, the less alarming it will become to you. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. I love having these conversations with you because you're not anti-technology and, you know, TikTok is taking over YouTube in some instances. You know, I just don't think this is going away. Um, but what is it, Lisa, ultimately, based on all these years you've practiced and, and dealing with technology, what do you think parents kind of don't understand about TikTok that, maybe if a teen were here today, talk to us about it, that they'd like to get through to their parents. Let's imagine a junior girl, (laughs) because here's the thing. In my experience, junior girls, because those are the ones I have most access to, but I know there's a lot of junior boys like this. They are like the truth speakers of all time. Like they see everything, (laughs) they know everything, and they will still deign to explain it to adults. And what I love about senior girls, senior girls are like, "Uh, yeah, not my problem. Like, you guys need to figure this out for yourself, but junior girls will still work with you. And when I have talked to junior girls about TikTok, what they will say is, it's not us you need to be worrying about. It's the seventh graders. Hmm? Yeah. Why? They're like, someone needs to keep an eye on those seventh graders. And they like, and they're they're right, which is the seventh graders can be very naive about what they're being shown and why they're being shown it. And seventh uh-huh. graders can very easily be pulled down dangerous, scary rabbit holes. Whereas the juniors, and I will assume that they're in the right on this, they're like, we understand how TikTok works and what side you want to be on. And we keep ourselves on the sides of the things we want to see. 
but it's mm-hmm. the younger kids who are so excited to have it and more vulnerable to really the wild west that is available there. And so what I would say is like be very cautious as you give these algorithm driven environments to your younger kids mm-hmm. because they are incredibly vulnerable to these giant machines mm-hmm. that are just trying to figure out what it's going to get to get take to get your kid to keep paying attention. Such a great point. I wouldn't have thought about seventh grade, but it, that warning from the 11th grader is kind of on point, isn't it? Yeah. No, the 11th graders usually are kind of have things dead to rights. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> wow. Well, this has been really fascinating to sort of learn um, from your perspective about you know when you should worry and what's important when your kids are obsessed with TikTok. Lisa, what do you have for us for Parenting to Go? Rina, I'm thinking about our conversation about the ways in which the algorithms are currently shaping our respective Instagram experiences. And I think when adults need to talk with kids about social media, if the adult has their own data to work with of like, look, I looked at this one kiddie, you know, cute kid dance video three weeks ago, and now look what's happened to my feed. That can be a way to get an opening to talk about how these algorithms work. So I wouldn't I wouldn't feel ashamed of it. I wouldn't, you know, hesitate to say, like, look, this happens to everybody. It's not like this is how kids experience these things. It's how we all do, and we all need to be really, really mindful of what it means. All right. So next week, we're going to talk about how do you help your disorganized teen get it together? I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to Lisa at drlisademore.com. And now a word from our lawyers. The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademore.com. We'll see you next week.